Well, welcome along to Extra Time here on LCFC Radio and LCFC TV. Uh, after a disappointing weekend for Brendan Rodgers and for Leicester City, uh, who fell to a 3-0 home defeat to Chelsea uh, in the early kickoff on Saturday. During the course of the next hour or so here on Extra Time, Jerry Taggart, Ewan Roberts and myself will look to dissect that game and also look ahead to Thursday's Europa League clash with Legia Warsaw and also next week's Premier League game with Watford as well. We'll take a look at the other results in the Premier League and maybe a bit of a, a general Europa League, Champions League preview as well, uh, if we have time for that. And they'll also go head-to-head, these two, at the end in our football Jenga. Um, Ewan, firstly, you weren't with us where you were at the weekend. I'm sure you were working somewhere else. Did you uh, Did you have a good couple of days? I did. I, was, I had that long journey to Steve Walsh country, up to Preston. Um, Steve Morrison's first game in charge on a full-time basis at Cardiff um, and got a good win to be fair, it got a good win, um, good performance in the second half, obviously I kept an eye, well I watched the majority of, of the first half in, in the press room in, in, in Preston, um, I don't think it's safe to say it was one to forget to be fair, but you, you know what Dan, I, I look at that Chelsea side and, and they're the top side, I mean if Whoever finishes above them this season wins the Premier League for, for me. Uh, the, the wing-backs, Chilwell and Reese James, are as good as anything that's, that's out there. Uh, defensively, since Thomas Tuchel's taken over, they're, they're rock solid. Um, a couple of disappointing goals in that first half conceded. You know, once again, I mean, Rudiger, he, must, he likes playing against Leicester, especially at that end of the pitch with his two goals in was it 2020 with with his head, but once again, it's a, a couple of disappointing goals um, con, con, conceded. Set piece once again, avoidable. Um, second half, I thought things improved. You know, a couple of chances. Daniel Lamarty's thirty-yard shot, which produced a, a top class save from Mendy. I mean, Jamie would be probably a little bit disappointed that he, he, he didn't do better with the headed chance that he had from from Madison's cross, but. <laughs> Yeah, it was a bad day, bad day at the office. But when you look at what, what you're up against in Chelsea, they're a top, top side. They're a top, top side. Um, so you've got to dust yourselves down now and, and, and get, ready, get ready for Thursday. Absolutely. Um, I guess there's two ways to look at a 12.30 kickoff, Jerry, isn't there? You can say it's either the weekend ruined after that with losing that first game or there was a little bit more time, I guess, on Saturday for you to have a relaxation and and your Sunday as well. So did you have a nice weekend despite the result? Yeah, pretty quiet. Standard weekend, walking the dog on a Sunday. And obviously, you know, we're all probably reflecting on the the result, on the performance, uh, which, you know, coming up against a really good, a really good Chelsea team. You know, yeah. a really slick, yeah. well-organised Chelsea side. Uh, and you've got to be honest and say that Leicester were below par, you know, on Saturday. They just sort of lack that kind of cutting edge at the minute that we've been used to seeing. And, you know, if you are that little bit below par and Chelsea come into town, then you expect the worst. You know, and Nunes described both goals well there. You know, there were two really avoidable goals. And you can pick, you know, faults in, in both those goals, especially uh, because they were slightly, you know, off the pace. Those both those goals were avoidable, but you know, taking off away from Chelsea, they were in tip-top form on Saturday afternoon. Leicester, yeah. not quite so. Yeah, it, it's something you and that we did 
addressed and we, we spoke about in the, the post-match show on Saturday. We said that when Leicester lose, if they lose to a very good team, we do praise that team and, and it's only right that we do so now. You've already mentioned how good Chelsea were, how good of a side they are. They are the European champions. They're, they're top of the Premier League, obviously, this season for a reason as well. They've got strength and depth. You know, when, when you look at what Thomas, when, or when he took over Thomas Tuchel, you know, took over from Frank Lampard, um, and a, a Frank Lampard Chelsea side, which yeah gave gave youth an opportunity because there was reasons for that. Uh, they they scored plenty of goals, uh, but they also conceded plenty in the Frank. I think in his only full season at the club, Dan, I think they had the worst defensive record in in the top half of the Premier League. Even though they they finished fourth, I think Brighton and Palace conceded the same amount of goals, and that wasn't really addressed for some reason. Frank Lampard wasn't played Rudiger, uh, which Leaves you scratching your head, to be fair, when you've seen how well he's played since Tuchel's come in. And that's what they're, they're a well drilled machine. They all know their, their individual roles in the team, they know their collective responsibility. And we saw that, especially in that first half, the first 45 minutes. I think that's as good a performance as I've seen in the Premier League this season from, from, from a team. But I think, what it, from a Leicester point of view, Dan, I think it shows just how important Yuri Tielemans is for this team. You know, his, his omission or his absence in that team was a massive, massive blow. You know, you can, you can give him the ball anywhere. He keeps the ball, he recycles the ball, he keeps it moving. And in that first half, Leicester didn't do those things well enough. They, they, they gave the ball away too cheaply. And if you give it, if you give it to, to teams like Chelsea, who have got quality going forward, if you give it to them, then, then you'll get punished. You'll get punished. It's, it's as simple as that. Yeah, Jerry. I know you were you were disappointed, weren't you? Particularly in the, the first half performance from Leicester. Yeah, I think you know you, everyone like and you quite rightly to mention the the two wing backs. But for me, Jorginho and Kante ran the show, and they enabled the wing backs to get going on the front foot. And it was that midfield area where Leicester just failed. And and with Tielemans, especially when you're in possession of the ball, he's the one player, and this has taken nothing away from, from Samari and, and Ndidi, but indeed, uh, sorry, Tillemans is the one player in the Leicester team that can receive the ball in high-pressure situations yeah. Yeah. and get Leicester going on the front foot. And we didn't have that on Saturday. If you look at Jorginho and Kante's movement to try and get on the ball and get Chelsea going, that's where the difference was. You know, I think Leicester just when they were trying to play from the back, we're just struggling for options on, on too many occasions. Chelsea were playing a high press, very efficient at it, unless they just struggled to get any momentum in the game. And without Tielemans receiving the ball in those high pressure, high press and situations, and then being able to wriggle his way out of it, and then breaking that press and getting Leicester on the front foot, it just became an almighty struggle in the first half. You know, with Madison coming on in the second half, things improved. We got more control of the ball in the attacking half of the pitch. And then, you know, we caused a few issues. But by him, when you're 2-0 down, and, yeah. and on listening to Thomas Tuchel, he, he'll be you know, well aware that going in at 2-0, psychologically, is probably one of the most cagiest scores you, you can be going at half-time. We spoke about this before because psychologically, you're thinking the game's over. But that wouldn't happen with Thomas Tuchel. He'd be well aware of that. 
they came out, they, they sort of, they didn't chase the game in the second half. Chelsea, they just sat in, were, were solid, uh, you know, sort of, they, they dealt with Leicester's pressure and possession in the attacking half of the pitch. And then obviously when needed to, they just stepped it up and went and scored the third, which obviously means game over. But I think obviously, when the second goal goes in from Kante, which again was avoidable, taking nothing away from Kante because he was excellent. Then I think you have to say it was an uphill struggle from there. Yeah, you mentioned the, the 2 0 lead, Jerry, obviously, and, and you and referenced a couple of the chances. The Danamati, I say chance, it wasn't really a chance, was it, for mm-hmm. Danamati, but the effort from Daniel Amati, the chance for Jamie Vardy. If one of those go in at that time, there was a little bit of momentum was gathering, wasn't there, Jerry, just in that little five or ten minute period at the beginning of the second half. Maybe if one of those goes in, something could have happened in the game, but, but it needed to come early, didn't it? Yeah, it needed to come early, you're right, because. Because all the momentum was with Chelsea up until those those moments in the game. And then when you're scratching around and, you know, chances are very few and far between for centre forward or for, you know, for, for anybody on the pitch, really, then you have to maximise them. And, and unfortunately, just half a, a fought one way, you know, with Jamie's header. Uh, you know, there's good pre- – there's actually – Decent pressure on Dan and Matty's shot when he gets a really clean strike where there's actually a bit of pressure on on that strike. So if there was no pressure on that strike, does he get a cleaner strike? Is he able to place it, you know, more into the corner? Does he make it more difficult for Mendy to try and get on? These are all the variables you have to take into consideration. Unfortunately, it just didn't happen. It just wasn't Leicester's day in front of goal, but the opportunities... We're very few and far between, which we sort of knew was going to happen. There was one or two opportunities in the first half as well, where Vardy gets down the left and whips a decent ball in. And I think it's Rudiger makes a great clearance. That ball could have went anywhere, but he makes a, a really good defensive clearance. Uh, so, yeah, chances very few and far between. But it's when chances are very few and far between, you have to stay in the game. You know, you have to make sure you're in the game, you're competing. You have to make it a struggle for the opposition, especially in that midfield area. And that's the area of the game where Leicester didn't compete to the levels that you know, we're used to seeing. Do you think if, if Brendan Rodgers had his, his time again on, on Saturday morning, you and he would do something a little bit different in the midfield? Or obviously he always trusts the players that he puts out and the formation and the system that he puts out. With a little bit of hindsight, would he do something different, do you think? <laughs> I mean, hindsight is a wonderful thing, Dan, isn't it? Um, I mean, could he have maybe played Madison and, and either taken Luckman or... Harvey, I mean, it's hard to Harvey Barnes after the, the, his performance in Leeds. So Harvey was always going to start. And, you know, you've, you've been to Leeds, you've performed well there, uh, come away with, with a good point. You know, I, I watched Leeds yesterday at Spurs. I thought they were outstanding in, in, in the first half and I thought Spurs got away with one yesterday. So it's no easy, no easy game going to Ellen Road. So I think, I think he looked at that performance and he, he wanted to, to keep it the same, didn't want to make too many changes. Um, and I, th- I think changes, once again, has been forced upon Brendan because of injuries to, to key players. And I just don't want to harp on, don't want to make excuses because I know, I know Brendan Rodgers won't make excuses. He'll just get on with the job. Get on with it with a task in hand. But it, 
there's some key players that are, that are missing for for, for for Leicester City. But maybe if he'd if he'd put James Madison just in front of Samari and then Didi and, and gone with two up front, which which he has done when you know he's played Jamie Vardy and, and Ian Acho, which they did in in the second half. To be fair, uh, but as you say, hindsight's a wonderful thing, and he, he Brendan picked a team that he thought would be capable and and with the quality that Leicester have, would have been able to get something from that game. He didn't expect, he didn't expect the lads to be as off, off the pace of the game as, as what they were, especially in that first half. Dan, this is where managers cannot win in this situation. Brendan Rodgers would have left no stone unturned to try and find the right formula to compete with Chelsea, with the squad that he had available to him at that time. And he would have toyed with options of playing two up front and Madison in behind. Uh, he wouldn't have expected to, go to, to be 2-0 down at halftime. He wouldn't have expected Leicester to have more of a say in that first half. And so when you get in at halftime, it's then, I suppose, it's, it's easy to go and change things to try and get yourselves back in the game or to, to try and get more of a hold in the game and, and, and people to turn around and say, well, why didn't he do that? from the beginning of the game, why didn't he start a Madison and put Ian Acho up front along, along side Vardy? Very, very easy to say yeah. after the fact. But you can rest assured that Brendan would have toyed with all those scenarios and came up with, with the, the one that he thought was best to start the game. Again, a bit like you and just said, you know, don't want to make excuses all the time. But you look back in the past, really in Brendan Rodgers' whole reign, particularly mm. the last two years in particular. Yeah. He's, he's almost been managing with a, a hand tied behind his back. The amount of injuries, Jerry, that Leicester have had, particularly at, at key moments, you look back at Ricardo Pereira's injury yeah. um, just before Project Restart, that, that kind of started this whole injury curse almost. And, and there's just been so many, even this this season, heading into the season, things look quite good. Wesley Fafana picks up that horrible injury in, in yeah. that pre-season game. It, it, he's just had no luck for a couple of years now. No, I, I, you know, you forget about Ricardo. So there's two players that automatically you would have thought would have start. Ricardo and Tielemans missing. Two of your most technically gifted players missing from a massive game against a very good efficient Chelsea team. If Ricardo plays, and again, this has nothing to do with Mark Albright. Mark Albright's been out, hasn't played for a month. I think it was before Saturday. But you think if Ricardo's on the pitch, would he have pushed Chilwell back further? Would he have not have been allowed to get us forward as much? And you're probably saying the answer is yes. And so just with those two players themselves, those two technically gifted players that Leicester possess who weren't on the pitch on Saturday, missed out left a massive hole in terms of Leicester being able to get on the ball and push Chelsea back towards their own goal. And, and, and that was one of the key areas where Leicester weren't at their best at the weekend. You, you even look at Chelsea as well, you and they were without Lukaku, of course. Timo Werner was on the bench. Are they, in a weird way, sometimes a better team without a, a main focal striker. I, I say that, but when Lukaku's played, they've also been brilliant this season as well. But they, they did win the European Cup without really a recognised striker. And they, they, are, they have got 
strength and depth. They've, they've got quality all over the pitch with the creativity that they've got in their teams. You know, you look at the, we've spoken about the, the, the wing-backs. I mean, they create so many chances. They've got quality in that final third. And, I mean, me personally, I probably would say this, being a, a former centre-forward, I think, I think you are better with a, with a number nine, if, if you like, up there. You know, a natural finisher. That's what Lukaku is, his goal-scoring record. He's only 28. Is absolutely ridiculous. I think he does offer so much for for any team that he that he plays. But it hasn't really affected affected Chelsea. They've and I, and I don't know how long he's going to be out for. You know, I was I was delighted he wasn't fit for for Belgium. And, and Yuri, I put Yuri in this sentence as well. I was, I was delighted they were both missing from the Wales Belgium game last Tuesday night. Uh, but they've they've got. They've got quality everywhere, and they've they've coped superbly without. They'll score goals. They've got goal scorers in their team, whether they're natural number nines or natural finishers. They've got too much quality and creativity not to be scoring goals. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, Jerry, I asked you and Tony Cotley on the show after the Leeds game who you fancied for the title at, at that stage. Has watching Chelsea live changed your opinion? Because you said Liverpool, didn't you? I think a couple of weeks ago. Um, I've got to stick with Liverpool. There's still a long way to go. 26 games or something like that left in league games left. It's going to be tight. You know, Liverpool were fantastic, weren't they? Uh, at the weekend as well. There's going to be ups and downs, ebbs and flows. Man City still in it. Yes, Chelsea are in the box seat at the minute. And yes, they look very good. But, you know... There's two or three teams in there that could still easily win this title. But, yeah, and Chelsea are one one of three. It's between them three teams. Chelsea are in the box eight. But we don't know what's going to happen between now and the end of that, the next 26 games. That's the key. So I have to stick with Liverpool because they were they were fantastic on Saturday. Yeah, I just have wondered if, if seeing them live maybe it changed your opinion. Um it does make a bit of a difference, I think, when, when you're not commentating on it, Jerry. Obviously, mate, it was Matt's turn, wasn't it, the weekend? So you were sat just in the yeah. press box, literally just watching the game. You're able to see a little bit more, I guess. You're able to watch things that, when you co-commentating, you don't normally watch. Yeah, definitely. You can dissect the game in different areas. You don't, you're don't. not always from the ball when you're not commentating. Obviously, when you're commentating, you have to, you have to speak about what's actually happening there and then. And so your gaze is taken away from other areas of the pitch. So when you're sitting in the crowd, I always like to see what's going on elsewhere on the pitch, how people set up, when either when they're in the possession of the ball or when they're defending. I'm not always following the ball uh, because the person on the ball is a creator. What, hap- what goes on and how, you, uh, how the chances get put away or when those crosses or passes come into the box, it's all about the movement of the other players on the pitch. So it's a really good way of dissecting and pulling apart a game of football when you're sitting watching it. And that's why, for me, it was the two midfielders. Yes, obviously the two wing-backs were phenomenal, but it was, it was the way Kante and Jorginho, for me, just worked that space, that midfield space, to enable them to, to run off the back. Kante, in particular, running off the back of, of Leicester's midfield. Jorginho coming deep, moving from side to side to get space to bring the wing backs in or to put players like Kante in. Just a really, really good display. 
Yeah, I think that was one thing you and when Jorginho was first signed by Chelsea, a lot of Chelsea fans were scratching their heads thinking, why is he the holding one when you've got Kante, who's arguably the best in the world at that? But you can kind of see why now, and, and particularly with performances like that at the weekend, the way Kante is so good at getting up and down, Jorginho is also <laughs> excellent in that pivot role. Why would you have Kante holding? I mean, he's, he's got three lungs, he's unbelievable. I mean, <laughs> and Le- Leicester fans know better than anybody um, the energy that, that N'Golo Kante brings to a team. And he, he did take a lot of sticks, Jorginho, to be fair. And uh, when, when Sari took him there for, for a lot of money, but he's, he's winning people over. You know, he was, he was integral to that Italian team who won the European Championships in, in the summer. You know, never gives the ball away. I mean, he's, he's very similar to Yuri Tillemans. You know, cool under pressure. You know, he'll accept the ball whether he's got opposition players around him as he just keeps the ball moving. Finds finds a blue shirt, and that's never never a bad habit. But I was just thinking, and and Chelsea deserved the three points. I don't think anybody will argue with that. But it could have been a slightly different story. And I'm I'm looking at that Lookman disallowed goal, the offside goal Mm. that he scored. Had he gone a split second later, and he didn't need to go as quick because he's he's quick, Dan. He didn't need to go when he did. He he could have sort of watched that. That build up, and I can't remember who put the the initial ball in. It was Mark O'Brien. I think he was and expecting was, maybe Mark to put it in first time. Yeah, and it was, it was a fantastic ball. But had, had he just taken a split second and then gone? And I tell you what, even though yeah, it was a poor first half performance, you go in at two one, and it's a completely different complexion for that second half. It's a completely different atmosphere in the King Power. And Tags has, has said earlier, you know, two 0 is a is a really precarious scoreline you, know, you get the next one the 3-0 game over nine times out of ten uh, but then if, if the opposition get it it's 2-1 it's game on then so yeah, yeah that, that, for me that was a big moment in the game had he sort of just taken a little bit more time because as I say he's got the pace he doesn't need to, he's not like me he, he doesn't need five yards start uh, he, can, he can delay his run slightly and, and then go and had he done that and brought Leicester within within a goal at half time. I think there would have been a completely different different atmosphere in the stadium. I, I might be wrong. I was just trying to quickly look. Was that at one nil as well, or was that at two nil? Was it that much? I've, I've got a feeling it might have been at two. Right. Let's have a look. Um, no, it was at one nil. Oh, one nil. Sorry, Dad. Sorry. Yeah, that's yeah. all right. But, but, but still, it was it was at one nil. So. It's a massive moment. I mean, that, that even more emphasises your point, yeah. I guess, in a way. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's a massive moment in the game. And he's a, he's a young man, still learning his trade. You know, I think, and that's the difference, if you've got Jamie Vardy, the furthest of the three up front in that position, I think Jamie sees it. Because that's what he's done throughout his career. And, and he's as quick as Luckman. And I think it would have been a, not saying it might not have had changed the result at the end of the day, but it would definitely have changed the atmosphere in the stadium. That, that was just a case of two players not knowing each other that well in yeah. regards to, you know, obviously we've all Brighton been out for a month. And then Lookman, a new player coming in. I don't know how many times they've been on the pitch at the same time, but it's, it won't have been a lot, that's for sure. Whereas you're right, you and Jimmy Vardy would have known exactly what, what Mark Goldberg was going yeah. to do. Yeah. He would have known that all Brighton likes yeah. to take a touch and then deliver. When, the, when he's static anyway, I mean, not, probably not when he's running on to balls, 
But when the ball's coming to him and he's static, then sometimes he likes to get a touch. Vardy would have been more, you know, better versed at reading that situation. And that's, and that's all it was. It was just a misreading of a situation. He wanted it delivered first time, and Mark obviously took the touch and then delivered it. It was just, they just weren't on the same wavelength at that key moment, another key moment in the game. Yeah, shame for Adam Luckman. Yet another goal for him disallowed uh, in the Premier League uh, because of offside. Um, at half-time, Jerry, both you and Tony were calling for a change at least, or changes, but those changes did come. But as, as we've said, to be fair uh, to Brendan Rodgers, th- there was that momentum that we've spoken about at the beginning of that second half. They just weren't able to get that goal. Yeah, they just couldn't get a foothold in the game as regards to you know, keeping the ball, keeping possession of the ball, and then breaking, breaking those midfield lines and getting them behind those midfield lines and, and getting turned and getting at the back line. And so bringing Madison on and playing in between the midfield and the, and the back three give Leicester an opportunity to do that. And that's why you've seen that improvement. Also bringing Kelechi on as well, occupying another one of the centre halves. It's sort of, yeah, it's sort of, yes, it improved. Uh, <clears throat> but Chelsea just dug in then, didn't they? And that's what, that's what the, we've been accustomed to seeing with Chelsea, that they're very hard to break down. And when they need to dig in, and when they need to be solid and not, you know, exciting on the eye going forward. That's exactly what they did. They just did enough to dig in, to consolidate, cope with the pressure that Leicester threw at them. Uh, and then obviously hit them once again, go 3-0. So, but it was a right ploy because, because we couldn't get a foothold in that first half. We couldn't get on the ball, you know, rotate the ball, rotate possession. Give Chelsea a headache, but didn't happen often enough. We were just talking about a few opportunities that Leicester had, and obviously won a disallowed goal. But we're used to seeing more, and that's the thing. There's like an expectancy from Leicester now that to, to cause the top teams more issues, and because that didn't happen, then Brendan, I suppose, you know, his hands were tied. He had to make those changes, and had to try and. Not throw caution to the wind completely, but you know, throw a little bit of caution to the wind and say, well, we may leave ourselves open a little bit, but we'll have to try and get back in the game. Yeah, I think that's probably what frustrated the fans the most, Ewan, is that as exactly as Jerry is saying there, they just weren't able to get out foothold. They weren't able to create as many chances as what the Leicester fans are used to seeing. And you're up against the best defensive team in the Premier League, one of the best defensive teams in Europe. I'd say that they're they're very well organised, they're well drilled. Um, yeah, we, you know we can speak about the quality they've got and the goals that they've got in the team going forward and and, and the pace um, and, and the, the positive forward play that that, that Chelsea uh, are producing at the minute. But defensively, they're rock solid. I mean, they've conceded four goals in twelve Premier League games. So you know, for Leicester to go on and win that game, they had to score three in that second half. And as I said to you, Chelsea have conceded four all season in, in, in the Premier League. And only um, one on the road. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah, only that's, one on the road. That goes to show what a top... And, and, and we, you know, forwards win your games, defences win your championships. And that's why I'm looking at that Chelsea side and, and at the minute, I think they are the team to beat. They are the team to beat. 
That's impressive and very big of you, Ewan, as a former striker, to admit that in front of a defender. But we'll uh, we'll move on quickly um, from that. Um, Let's have the chance, don't they, in, in a few days, Jerry, to um, to right the wrongs, I guess, of of Saturday when they play Legia Warsaw uh, in the Europa League. Yeah, I think best thing to do to get uh, Saturday out of the way is hit the reset button, try and put it in the back of your mind, chuck it in the the recycling bin, whatever, fully concentrate. Because again, you know, there's still a, a fantastic opportunity for Leicester to reach, you know, the knockout stages of the Europa League. Uh, big, big game. Big, big game. You know, again, we were expecting Leicester to turn Moscow over a couple of weeks ago. It didn't happen. You know, Moscow showed a real stubborn side to their game, which we didn't see in Moscow, to be fair. Uh, so, but another opportunity, you know, Leicester obviously losing the leg of also in the away leg, but still a great opportunity. So full focus on Thursday night. And this is when you're involved in these competitions and, and you do suffer disappointment, you have to move on quickly because again, it, on Thursday, this is a big, big game coming up. I'm just going to read out this stat on Legia Warsaw because I know that Ewan's probably got uh, similar ones as well. So I want to get there before Ewan does. Um, since Legia beat Leicester in September, they've played nine, only won once. They've lost eight of those. That one win did come in the cup as well. Uh, they conceded in the 96th minute yesterday to lose. That's their seventh league defeat in a row. It ties an all-time club record. The last time they lost seven games in a row was 1936 and they were relegated that year. Um, so I've got that in I'm fuming I'm fuming that I'm fuming that <laughs> I spent all, day, all morning yesterday getting all my paperwork and my, my stats and so I, I saw their form and, and I couldn't believe it I could not believe it um, I think the second from bottom and they only by goal difference I think the second lowest scorers in, in the division I think it's the perfect game now you know we spoke about when a few weeks ago when Leicester had went four games on the spin, scoring plenty of goals in doing so. And we th- sort of said, oh, yeah, get the feeling they, that the club's turned the corner with the performances and that, that magnificent result against Manchester United at the King Power. You think, oh, here we go. Season's starting now. Uh, but then no wins in their in, in the last four. It just needs something to, once again, kickstart this season because it's been sort of stop-start, stop-start. And I do think this is the perfect game for them. They're playing against a team that are lower than the snake's belly, confidence-wise. You know, and, and going into the game, Leicester will probably look at it. Well, if if we win this game, that will put us on eight points. You know, we'll, that that will mean we're we're two in front of, of Warsaw, and I think Warsaw they play Spartak at home in in their last game. And the way Warsaw are playing at the minute, you wouldn't you wouldn't put it against Spartak, especially if it's the Spartak that turned up at the King Powder a couple of weeks ago to, to get there and get something from that game. So I, I think the carrot for Leicester City on Thursday is three points and you're nearly in the knockout stages. It, it is a staggering record at the moment, that, that, uh, this run, Jerry, that Legia are going through. They're, they're the most successful team in Poland and they're second yeah. bottom and they've lost seven in a row in the league. Incredible. Obviously, I wasn't getting all my stats ready yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> you have the golf course tags. <laughs> No, no, I wasn't. No, I wasn't. That's later today, I think, Ewan. <laughs> uh, 
I was sat outside with a coffee yesterday morning, just watching the sun come up actually. So relaxing, but again, what an opportunity and full focus has to go on this game because if it does and Walsall come to Leicester in the kind of form that you know you lads have just mentioned, then unless they get over the line against Walsall, what a confidence boost that will give them after the defeat to Chelsea. And so and Brendan will obviously Brendan will realise that he'll know exactly what's coming in the town. He'll know the record that Walsall are on at the minute. Uh, and he'll understand what an opportunity this is to get a bit of momentum back into the dressing room, uh, a bit of confidence back into the players, and then start to try and move forward again. You know, a la after, you know, the Manchester United resultant performance a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, we, we saw what Leggy did produce, though, at their place, Jerry, in that, that 1-0. Um, yeah. Oh, were you away that one? Yeah, I didn't see it. I seen the goal, and obviously there was a few missed chances, wasn't there, on behalf of Leicester? Yeah, I can't remember if you were that one, Ewan, but I think you look at it, it was 1-0 to, to Legier and, and disappointment, but Leicester did have a, a lot of chances that evening. Legier only really created that moment, and the goal came from nothing as well. So Leicester will fancy their, fancy their chances and, and fancy themselves to beat Legier, I'm sure, on Thursday. Yeah, I was looking, I think before the last game, I was looking at the group and I think Warsaw, yeah, they were top. Um, and I think they'd scored two goals in their three games. Yeah. But as you said, defensively, they, they've been solid. They haven't conceded, I don't think. Um, but it's a different story now. And I, I mean, I, Tags will tell you, when, when you're a player and you're as low in confidence, confidence as what they must be with this, especially yesterday, you made a great point, they lost that game yesterday in the last minute. And that's what happens to you, Dan, when you're in the sort of run that Warsaw, I mean, you, you know, you can't, buy, you can't buy a result, you can't buy a win. You know, every, and you tend to think everything's going against you. And, and okay, Le- Le- Leicester's home form... A little bit like last season isn't great. What two wins or three wins in the nine games in all competitions this season, you know, and they do need a performance to say kickstart now. Uh, you know, we're getting towards December, Christmas time, that busy period. And if they can get a, a good positive result, get three points on the board, nearly qualified for the knockout stage, you look at the next four league games, you know, Watford on Sunday at home, you know, Southampton away, Villa away, Newcastle at home. Four, four games there that if, Le- if Leicester are bang at it, if they've got players coming back from injury, you know, key players that, that have been missing, they've got a good chance of, of getting some good points from those four games and, and closing the gap on those Champion League, Champions League spaces. And that run can start, hopefully, Jerry, on Thursday. Yeah, that's the, you know, I think when you've suffered a defeat like you have done against the league leaders, the favourites, and it's at home, uh, then you have to pick yourselves up quickly. And as you already said, it's probably the perfect game on Thursday night, you know, with Walsall, you know, probably feeling the effects of that defeat at the weekend more than Leicester, let's be honest, because you've gone from, okay, you're on a, you're on a bad losing streak, but you've gone from in the 95th minute thinking, okay, we'll take a point, it's a start, 
it, it, it ends up losing streak. So you're thinking, okay, as a player, you're, t- you're saying, we'll, we'll take that point and we'll move on from there. In the 90- and then in the 96th minute, disaster. And so the confidence just literally drains all the way out of you. And so they will be, they will be feeling even worse in that Legia Warsaw dressing room than they will be in the, in the Leicester City dressing room. So, yeah, the perfect fillet. It's at home. They won't want to travel there in the form that they're in, hopefully. And they have to go out and find some sort of confidence, uh, which I'm sure Brendan will give them and the players will have anyway, to a certain degree. And believe that they can get a, get a result against this Walsall team. I am going to play devil's advocate, uh, Ewan. Um, you're in this bad run that the leg you Warsaw are in and, and they can't get going. This offers them a different competition, something else to look at. You're coming to a Premier League team playing against Leicester City, playing against the likes of Jamie Vardy. They're going to be right up for it, aren't they? As, as much as they'll be low on confidence because of the run that they're on, surely coming to a Premier League ground will will, will do it. The way, I think the way they will look at it, three points and they've qualified. Yeah, three points and Leicester mm-hmm. cannot catch them. And... And then it makes it, and I'm not even going to tempt for it, it makes it really difficult then. If, if Leicester were to lose on Thursday, it makes it really difficult with that last game being away in, in Naples to qualify. So for, for Warsaw, I think it's a, it's a win or bust. I think, I think, I think they'll come to, 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 to the King Power. I, I think they'll go for it. I think they have to go for it. I think they've got to be... Maybe more attack, and and they will they will look at Leicester's form. I haven't won in four, you know, lost two, drawn two, uh, beaten by a good Chelsea side, as we've spoken about on on, on Saturday lunchtime. So they they will come thinking, well, you know, hey, we're in bad form, you know, and you've read the stats out before I got a chance. Uh, so they they might they might think, well, you know, this this is a game we've already beaten them once, beaten them at, at home. You know, we've 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 got the I won't say the, the hoodoo, the jinx on them, having only played them once. But I, I think that's the that's the thing for Warsaw. If they can get three points, then they finish in the top two and through to the to the knockout stages. Uh, right, let's move away from Leicester City then, Jerry. We always take a look at some of the other games that um have taken place in the Premier League at the weekend. Um what caught your eye? Well, I watched uh, I listened to the first half of Liverpool. I think, yeah. Well, I was, yeah, I was still in the car actually, uh, and then I watched the second half. So I'm going to go for Liverpool. I thought, obviously, Arsenal coming to town a couple of weeks ago. I thought we're very good at King Park Stadium, and I thought this might be a difficult game for Liverpool, <clears throat> but it didn't turn out to be the case, did it? Uh, Liverpool were in Paris at Anfield. Uh, so yeah, that was that was like a, that was Liverpool at their best needing to get a result. Six points behind Chelsea before the whistle was blown, uh, and they needed a big result against a resurgent Arsenal team. And I thought they were outstanding. How about you, Ewan? I think. I think that one is a statement win from Liverpool. I think Arsenal, they did a lot of talking before the game, Dad, 
and if there's a lesson ever to be learned, do your talking on the pitch. Arteta had come out and he'd said a couple of things in the week. I think, um, I can't remember the, the full-back's name who'd said that Mo Salah, he wasn't going to have a kick in the game. Just right. got to be careful. Yeah, just, just got to be careful. So, you know, that was a proper statement result performance from Liverpool. I think the Watford, my new game, you know, my, my first club, uh, great win for, for the Hornets. You know, Claudio Ranieri's gone in and after that initial hammering that they took from, from Liverpool at Victory Road, they, they've been outstanding. They went to Everton and battered Everton. It could have been 5-1 against Manu with the penalty save from De Gea. Um, Dean Smith getting his first win in his first game at Norwich, you know, went 1-0 down after a couple of minutes to Southampton. The, the team that he lost in his last game at Aston Villa as manager. So that was a good win for them. Uh, Stevie Gerrard obviously getting his first win at Aston Villa and Ollie Watkins getting on the, on the but what a weekend in the Premier League. There's so many goals, weren't there? You know, Burnley, Burnley. three, Brentford, three. Unbelievable, unbelievable. Newcastle. Yeah. What was that in the end? Three, three as well. Three, three. Burnley Palace was three, three. Newcastle, Brentford was three, three. That's value for money in the Premier League, boys. Yeah. You look at the, the Alan San Maximan at, at Newcastle, Jerry. He got the, the equaliser, didn't he? He's it, I, understandably very much a, a fan's favourite up there. Yeah, he's he's a quality player. He is a standout player at, at Newcastle, you have to say. And he's got the the headband to match. I'm loving the the, the colourful headbands that he that he wears. But he backs it up. I mean, he was a, an absolute thorn. Again, I watched the highlights of that game, and I thought he was excellent. And he obviously rounded it off with a really good finish at the end there. And he started the move. He started the move really, and finished it. So, you know, fantastic talent and, you know, it's a good job <laughs> the new owners have come in when they did because he's definitely one player that a lot of clubs would be earmarking for, can we go and get Sam Maximum because he, he is a talent. Uh, one of the games we haven't mentioned is uh, Wolves won West Ham nil because probably out of all of the games that took place and all of the stories, it had the least headlines to it. Um, but but a good win though for Wolves and, and I'm sure you and you you are a big fan of of Raúl Jiménez. Uh, it's just great to see him back, Dan. To see him back to his best. I mean, it was a, a horrendous injury that, that a career-ending injury. You know, when he fractured his skull against Arsenal, he's been out for eight, nine, ten months. And I think the the club have been superb with him. They haven't rushed him back, and you you can't rush a player back when he's had that type of of injury. But they, they had a bit of a a sticky start, didn't they? You know, they came to the King Power and and, and, and lost to, to Leicester on the opening weekend. Um, but all of a sudden, things are, things are starting to click. I think they're up to six now in the Premier League. Um, they're, they're in fine form. And to, to beat West Ham, probably the informed team in the Premier League under David Moyes, you know, two weeks ago, they were, they were, they were beating Liverpool, you know, giving Liverpool their first taste of defeat in the Premier League. David Moyes is done an absolutely unbelievable job. They've picked up from where they left off uh, last season. So that's a, that's a cracking result for, for Wolverhampton. Uh, right, we're coming towards the end of Extra Time then, here on LCFC Radio and LCFC TV, which means uh, only one thing. Uh, these two will go head-to-head in football. Oh. Jenga, I can't remember who... Was, oh, Tony came out on top, didn't he, Jerry? A couple of yeah. weeks ago. It was a good one, though. And it went a long I, way. I, I took, him, took, him, took him to the wire. 
Yeah, absolutely. Uh, right, with the return of European football this week, uh, I want the two of you to name for me all of the teams in the Champions League. Oh, you swine, Dan. I had a feeling you might have read it, you, and thought I was going to say Europa League. So I've gone for the Europa. In the Champions League. Um, and Jerry, you can kick us off, please. Bayern Munich. Liverpool. Chelsea. Manchester United. PSG. Good show. Inter Milan. Mm. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, is it? Uh... God, I've got too many things going through my head. Now. <laughs> too many teams. Leon. No. No, they're in the Europa <laughs> There's so many tags. There's so uh, many. I, I, I almost, to I say that I don't want to read out. I'm not going to read them all out. <laughs> Miss AC Milan, Ajax, Atletico, Le Barcelona. Munich. Uh, Dortmund, Juventus, Lille, Man City. Um, Lille, yeah. not Lille, Lille. Lille. <laughs> He just wants to go and play golf, Dan. <laughs> yeah. What, me? Yeah. You got tea off time at 11 o'clock. <laughs> You've right, done it well, on purpose. Yeah. Uh, well, it's ended there. You and that's another win. You've gone from... Well done, you. That's three on, the, three on the spin, boys, now. Another hat-trick, yeah. Okay. Blow me on trumpet. <laughs> Are you on next week? I can't remember. Or in a, in a couple of weeks? I'm working Sunday. I'm working Sunday. All right. Okay. Yeah, looking forward to it. To my former clubs, Dan, going head to head. Former clubs as well. Uh, Jerry, you'll be about for the game next week. Uh, well, Thursday and presumably Sunday as well. Um, Thursday against Legia Warsaw in the Europa League is an eight o'clock kickoff, uh, which means LCFC TV's coverage starts from at uh, 6.30, so do join us for that. Um, but thanks as ever to Jerry Taggart and to the hat-trick uh, winner, uh, Ewan Roberts. Uh, we'll see you both later, guys. Thank you very much. See you, boys.